Welcome to Canva Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, hone your message, celebrate your unique voice, and make an impact on the world. Today's episode is brought to you by the phrase PR for anyone. PR, of course, stands for public relations, which the Public Relations Society of America defines as, quote, a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between people or organizations and their publics. And for anyone, of course, is about access to information, one of the core principles of this podcast. Joining me to discuss is PR strategist, Christina Daves, who is the author of PR for Anyone and the DIY Guide to Free Publicity. In addition to being whip smart, fun, insightful, and generous, Christina is a popular speaker, on-air host, and contributor to Good Morning Washington. And Christina is an inventor, which is key to how PR for Anyone came to be. Welcome, Christina. Hi, it's so great to be with you, Barbara. Thank you for having me as a guest. Oh, hey, thank you. I think you. I think I might have been on yours. It was like the first thing I ever did, like gajillion years ago. Um, but I am a big fan of everything you do. I love your books. I love the incredible PR daily nuggets that you generously share on LinkedIn. And I want to dive really into this and how incredible this information is for because we all need to have PR. We are we are all the brands of us individually. But but first, I do want to ask you about being an inventor. Yeah, yeah. So and that was I call myself an accidental inventor, uh, kind of always been an entrepreneur. But I had this freak accident where I broke my foot and was in, you know, in those awful medical boots. And we were actually heading to New York City, fashion capital of the world. So I'm literally Googling on the train, you know, medical boot fashions, medical boot accessories, because I would have had anything overnighted to my hotel if I couldn't find it in New York. And I'm thinking there's got to be something in New York. And there was nothing. And I joke that the light bulbs went off and my husband, who's married to a serial entrepreneur, was like, oh boy, here we go again. (laughs) Here's another business idea. But there was nothing on the market and these boots are awful. They're horrible. So I I can't sew anything, but we have this lovely seamstress in our neighborhood who reminds me of my grandmother. She's in her 80s. And I went to her house and and her name is Barbara too. I'm like, Barbara, we've got to figure this out. Like, how can we make this work on these kinds of boots? Because most of the boots, they're all pretty similar. They all have this lining inside. So long story short, I did everything I was supposed to do, the business plans and the um, focus groups and we designed the prototypes and launched this product. I invented a product. Um, and what was the product called? And what did so, it look like? I want to envision yeah. what a decorative fashion accessory looks like for a medical boot. Yeah. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you all the mistakes I made. Um, Cause that's really important in the life of everybody that you've got to fail to succeed. So first of all, I named the company cast medic designs which I thought was great because my initials are CMD and how cute and fun until I landed on the Steve Harvey show and he fumbled through it. Like he's like, cast man. I'm like, oh crap, cosmetic designs. Uh, so that was big number one fail. Um, but so what is the lesson to have a, a name that a product name that's easy to pronounce? Yes. Yes. And that's easy for someone to type in. And, and when you get your domain names, I changed everything to heal in style and then just forward it to that. Right. Ding, brilliant. Uh, but then you have to spell heal both ways because some people are going to spell it H E E L instead of H E A L. 
that's another, here's a little nugget for you. When you name your company and do things, do the different variations. I mean, a web domain is 10 bucks. Like you've got to have the, like PR for anyone. I have the number four in there, even though that's not how you do it, but somebody might type that in. But anyway, so back to Castmatic and my horrible naming, but um, the product was great. It still is great. It's still there. There are fur cuffs that go around the boot. Um, there's, we call them, those are rappets. And then we have sockets, which is basically half a sock that kind of goes around the, the boot. And it's a liner of the boot. Um, and then we have strappets, which are flowers or little fur balls that go with the cuff. And, and basically it was just to change the conversation instead of, oh, Barbara, what happened? It's oh, Barbara, that's so cute. What a great idea. Like it just made people feel better when they're injured. Blown away. And just so many nuggets, which I was writing down. So one, you're coming back because we're going to do another episode called Fail to Succeed, which I love. <laughs> I got well, a lot for that one. That might be a two hour one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, more the merrier. So hold that thought because you're coming okay. back. So now explain to me because it is actually in the DIY guide, but explain how Heal to Style led you to discover PR for anyone. So I, like I said, I did everything textbook. I did the business plan. I did the focus groups, but my business plan was designed for doctors to sell the product. And now you'll go to your doctor's office and walk in and they, they have a cash business. They're selling, you know, lotions and potions and you know this, all kinds of stuff. But in 2010, they weren't doing that yet. 2010, the insurance or insurance industry hadn't taken that dive that it did where doctors, you know, they're not making any money. They've got to have a cash business. So again, another big failure right there. So I had to figure out how do I sell this product? And I hired somebody to the tune of $24,000, all the money I had left in the world, who was going to help me. And I really got taken, like really got taken. When he told me that there was no faux fur in China, uh, I knew I was in trouble. So anyway, I, and I was stuck in a contract I couldn't get out of. And it said, you know, no guarantees. Now, now I know how to read a contract, uh, but I had no money. I was stuck. And I literally went to the library and started researching PR and publicity because it's free. I'm like, oh, if I could figure this out. And I did a lot of stuff wrong until I figured out a formula that worked. And literally my first television appearance was on the Steve Harvey show. And I won his top inventor competition. Like this system works. It really does. Um, and that changed my life. That changed everything because I was broke. Like we had mortgage, taken a mortgage out on the house. I was out of money. I had credit card bills due in December and that show aired in November. And basically I won money and sold products and it, and it was syndicated for years. So people would still be buying from it. And then they'd send me a message on social media that said, I just, I'm up nursing my baby and I've got a broken foot and I just ordered your product. That is a beautiful story. And I also want to stop and acknowledge a bunch of things you just said, because in addition, that's a huge amount of stress on your relationship with your husband. And then has you have two kids and, and they're a lot younger than and how you're showing up for them. And that's heavy. Like you took a huge, huge risk and you really put yourself out there, which is amazing, but you didn't fold. Instead, it was a learning. It was a learning. Well, I always say I was not going to look at my kids and say, mommy lost the house. Like I was going to do everything I could to keep my kids where they were safe and comfortable and happy. And that's where the PR piece really came in. And, and then that really shifted my whole business because in my entrepreneurial groups, everybody kept seeing me in the media 
they're like, how are you doing this? You teach me how to do it. And, you know, can I take you to breakfast? Can I take you to lunch? Can I pick your brain? I was like, okay, I think this is a sign that I need to start. And, and literally that's why we named it PR for anyone because anyone can do this. It's not hard. You just have to know a system and you've got to implement it consistently. Well, we're going to come back to that because consistent, it jumped off the page to me when I was reading your book. Um, But I want to go back to you're in the library again, which I love because I do believe in access and, and it's easy to forget how important libraries still are to communities and people all across the country to have access to information, even access to the internet, really important. So you're in the library and like, what was the first nugget that you were like, oh, this is helpful. Or I didn't know this or this. Can you remember like what made you go? Oh, Well, yeah, keep it short and sweet was one of them because <laughs> I was writing as so many of my clients do. You're, you want to tell them everything. No, you want to hook them in. You want to give them two sentences and have them salivating and then have them reach back out to you. So that was a big aha because I couldn't figure out why nobody was answering my 10,000 word email with no breaks and no bullet points <laughs> and no paragraphs. Just let me tell you my story. Once I figured out, so my system is three part. You want to be newsworthy. uh, You want to create a great hook and you want to find the right journalist. Because if you're pitching your business story to the food editor, I I learned this too. They don't forward emails. (laughs) Everybody's too busy. Pausing, interrupting, because that was, you know, my first question right there was to walk us through the three steps. So now I want to break this down. Okay. Because it's not that simple, but I could see like be newsworthy could seem sort of obvious. Like, okay, I get that. And so we got to talk about, we're going to come back to like, how do we define that? Because sometimes that's hard for many of us when we're too close to what we're doing to understand what makes something, the tweak that's going to make something newsworthy. The hook is really interesting, right? Because many of us go, oh, that makes sense. But how do I create a hook? So I want to walk through that. But the other thing that most people gloss over is the relationship with journalists. Like you just tapped in to two things the consistency and cultivating relationships, which by the way, are themes that come up all through this podcast. So whether you're developing relationships with journalists, producers, network executives, casting producers at talk shows, it is so much a relationship driven world. And I thought this was amazing because I think that old school or for people who haven't read your books or haven't gone through the Christina Davis process, they don't understand that there's this idea that I wrote a press release, I hit send. Don't say press release, but that's all, we'll talk about that in a minute. But you understand what I'm saying? It's like, I I threw it out there and I sent a thousand and nothing works. So blah. So I want to start with, I actually want to start with why it makes a difference to cultivate relationships. And what does that, and that means, because that gets into the consistency. Someone might not respond or say yes yet. It's oh, such a great quote in your book, which is right here. Because you wrote, it's like, imagine how good it feels when they finally get back to you. So explain. Well, yeah, and I'll use myself as an example. So I'm an adventure. I've now I've dabbled on TV a little bit. It's like, oh, I like TV. This is really fun. Like I really got too bad I figured this out when I was 50, but I love being on TV. So I had this idea of doing product segments in my local market and kind of really consistently and featuring inventors, you know, because I, I'm an inventor and I know how hard it is to get the word out. So I would come up with these themes and you know, have maybe one or two local inventors in there. So I started pitching crickets, crickets, but I kept at it always changing because you never want to pitch the same thing over and over again. I've interviewed so many journalists that are like, don't shove a good idea down our throat. We know it's good. We've got it in a folder. We'll, we'll get back to you. Like if you don't hear from them, don't get frustrated. 
So I pitched five months in a row. And finally in August, Good Morning Washington, which is the station I really wanted to be on, my local ABC said yes. And I joke because August is the slowest news month and nobody really watches TV in August. So they were probably like, let's just put her on in August so she'll leave us alone. Like she'll stop emailing. Um, but I did what I you know, teach my clients and my students to do is I prepared. I recorded it every day. I watched similar segments. So I knew kind of how the cameras worked and what to do. And I went and I nailed it. Like I'm confidently will tell you that because I did my homework and, and the producer came out and he said, Christina, the control room loves you come back anytime. So this is what preparation is. You've really, if this is what you want, if you want media, build those relationships. Kyle did a whole thing. You've got my book. He did a whole thing in my book about, you know, how you pitch and the things that need to be in your pitch for, again, he's local morning TV, but I have this amazing relationship with him now. I know that when I send him an email, he's going to answer it. And you only need a core group of journalists. You guys, you don't need to send this to a thousand people. Don't send a press release. If you're local and you want local media, find your the contact at ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Send them good story ideas consistently. I have a client who's a pediatric dentist and she's constantly, she's been sending stuff. And when the kids went back to school, you know, all the kids had to wear masks like all day in the classroom. So I texted her. I'm like, Janelle, what does that do to kids' teeth? Anything? She goes, oh my God, it's terrible mask mouth. That's like really a thing. So we did a follow-up story talking about Newsworthy where she just said, hey, I just saw you ran this story. I'm a pedi local pediatric dentist. This is a real thing. This is mask mouth. I can come on and talk about four ways kids can not have a million cavities by Christmas if they do these things throughout the day. Because remember, the water fountains are turned off too, so they can't rinse their mouths. And anyway, so just doing things like that. So they, she got so much business from that one station and same thing. And I helped her. We had her wear her kind of her scrubs, you know, like dentist scrubs. And she has this cute little hat, pediatric dentist. And I helped her with the lighting the way it was. Well, the producer loved her, absolutely loved her because we spent 30 minutes to make it perfect. And same thing. She's welcome back anytime. They're like, send us stories. I love this. So explain what you describe as newsworthy in a nugget so yeah. people understand. So the, the easiest way to do newsworthy is what we call news jacking. What's going on in the world right now that you can insert yourself into the conversation? Go to Twitter. I mean, it's still COVID. I can't believe I'm saying this two years into this, but it's still COVID. But again, this client, there was a COVID story and she piggybacked on it. So when a story's hot, um, I, one of my friends who's a news anchor in DC told me that, you know, the mantra used to be, and you all have probably heard this in the newsroom, if it bleeds, it leads. Like those were the stories, the murders and the horrible. Now it's, if it's shareable, it's arable. So they want stories that people are already talking about online that will just continue to keep it buzzing and going. So when you can find those stories and piggyback on, here's another angle, you've already covered this, this was great, but now how about this? And that's a great way to have a newsworthy story. Otherwise they're evergreen, so they can kind of go at any time. And then there's no urgency. There's no urgency for the media to say, yes, that's when they get stuck in those folders, which they might reach out to you as, you know, I teach you how to do a really good story idea, but if it's timely, if you could relate it to a holiday and these are crazy holidays, like national donut day, national bacon day. Uh, I was on my first local television appearance, uh, was national healthy foot month. That's how I got Casmatic on. I pitched that. 
Okay, this is genius. Love, no, love, so, love. so that's newsworthy. You you just want to come up with timely ideas. Think now, you know, think about things like the Oscars. If there's a movie that's nominated for an Oscar that has something to do with your industry that you can relate to it, pitch that. The media loves celebrity, loves, loves, loves celebrity. So if you can tie it and you see it all the time, you know, with, if there's a divorce case and they'll bring a lawyer on and say, this person isn't connected with the divorce, but. So if you doctors, lawyers, insurance agents, accountants, whatever you do, whatever you are, you can position yourself into those stories, but think celebrity because media loves celebrity. Mm, great point. And, and to what you, all you just said is there's a, a notion in the work that I do, you're always asking yourself, what am I adding to the conversation? Because that goes back to the shareable arable. And so you just gave us so many great examples of how just about anyone can figure out a way to add to their conversation by connecting your expertise with a celebrity story, which I love, which now brings me, I'm skipping ahead, but I, I did mention, uh, we're going to come back, but I mentioned your incredible nuggets that you share via um, LinkedIn. And so what I love today, not that I'm dating the podcast episode, is how to use new laws as a way to land media opportunities. I nearly fell off my chair. I'm like this, holy cow, this is genius. So would you mind walking us through? Yeah. So every state changes their laws or updates their laws January 1st and July 1st. And, and you can just do a Google search of new laws in Virginia, new laws in New York 2022. And it'll tell you exactly what laws have changed and how can you position yourself into what's going on. I'm trying to remember there was one about the insurance coverage laws had changed. You have to have a higher coverage in the state of Virginia. And I use Virginia because that's where I am. Um, so any insurance agent should have pitched that and said, hey, I can talk about what it means when you have to comply. That's huge because the law changed today, but maybe you don't have to comply for six months or a year. Taking any of those laws that change, I remember a couple of years ago in DC, they added a tax to yoga studios and gyms. So if I owned a yoga studio or a gym, I would have been all over that. Like this is you know going to kill our business. Oh, I know another one in Virginia, they raised minimum wage, which I'm sure was in a lot of states across the country kind of a creative angle. If you're a real estate agent, maybe now these people can qualify for a mortgage than they couldn't have qualified two weeks ago. Or maybe they can, you know, get a nicer place for rent because of this. So thinking outside of the box with these laws that change, you don't have to be involved in the law. Just You just want to be there to be on television or in the newspaper talking about what you as an expert, how you can share that with their audience and what it means for them. Incredible. I love that. I was like, this is one of the most innovative things anyone has ever dropped in my lap before, because I think in a state like New York, where we have a lot of film and television production mm -hmm. relevant to so many people in my universe, um, laws are changed constantly for freelancers and startups. Yeah. I just met, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. All right. So now we're going to go back one second. An important one is the hook. Cause I think this is hard. The hook is hard. It is hard. And I am not a copywriter. Like I'm, that is not my strength at all, but we don't have to be. So here you go. Think of the grocery store where you buy magazines. It's an impulse purchase. It's an impulse purchase because they are hooking you in. You're buying the magazine based on the hooks on the cover. Look at magazine covers. That's what a hook is. See the formulas that they use. I would say, don't plagiarize them, but you know, three ways to do this, you know, and it's usually a pain point. 
hooks are usually pain. You know, you've got to get people to say, oh, fix me. How? Yes, I have this. I, I've got to read this to do it. That's or think of um, coming up next on television. One of my favorite ones was coming up next, a book your kids will actually want to read this summer because my kids hated summer reading. So that, you know, they, it gets you to stay through the advertisements because that's what pays for the TV shows. So think, just think of those, look at magazine covers and you can Google them. And I will say, now that I get it, you, you might get it too. AARP has fabulous, fabulous hooks. I definitely just, and just Google AARP magazine covers and see what they're doing because they're so good. I hope everyone's taking notes. This is incredible. Okay, now we're getting specific too. Is another one of your nuggets that I love from the DIY guide is don't pitch, share. Right. This is what you have to remember at the end of the day. I say, we, you know, we all want an expose on 60 minutes. It's not going to happen, right? I mean, there's how many shows in a year? Not a lot of us. But just by being in the media, you get all those benefits of credibility, authority. Um, it's just people see you differently. Um, the goal is value. What value can you provide the audience? And if you go into every pitch thinking of value, you're more likely to get the yes. And do your homework on the demographic. You know, if you're pitching the morning shows, you know, that demographic is probably a 30 to 50 year old, probably 30 to 45 year old stay at home mom. So you're probably not like, I'm not on the morning shows for business stuff. I'm on the, you know, the four o'clock or the Sunday I've been on like the Sunday business shows. So you really have to do your homework. Um, when I got on Good Morning Washington, I tell this story all the time because it's really important to go that extra step. If I had pitched my local NBC station, they would have been like, what is she talking about? They don't have a morning show. Their morning is all news, hard news all day. They don't have any fun, maybe the 12 o'clock. And I've been on for the 12 o'clock when I won the Steve Harvey inventors competition. I pitched NBC because the news came on right before Steve Harvey. I'm like, oh, you might want to have me on. This will be a great segue. But the value is the most important thing. And if you think about it that way, when you pitch, you're much more likely to get the yes. Mm. You're singing my song, Christina, because this comes up through the casting process, right? Explaining it's like to understand the value you're bringing to the producer, the network, the show, so that you're connecting to purpose to value. It's not all selfish. And what are you doing for me? And when you start to think about what am I doing for the other person? And then um, I've done videos and talked about this myself. Your number one goal when you're doing all this, in my opinion, is be a good guest yes. because good guests get invited back. And that's yeah. the win. And that goes back to, we're talking about cultivating relationships. Yeah. And it talks about, I, I think about this often for authors, especially because you don't want to be solely focused on promoting your book, that one book. Because if that's all you're thinking about, then you're starting from zero with book number two yeah. and starting from zero again for book th number three. Instead, if you think about being a good guest who people want to have back, whether you're not, whether you have a, a, a product out or not, or somebody people talk about, then you're just building on. You're never, you're not constantly starting over. And how do you be a good guest? It's everything you already mentioned, doing your homework, taking the time, making the effort to prepare and knowing you as I do, I'm positive. You're also kind to everyone you encounter. That's so important. I have heard now that I've gotten to know people like at the television stations, 
the stories I have heard. I mean, I leave the television studio hugging everybody. And I always joke, the people who mic you up, I'm like, you guys have the best job in TV because they're unzipping your dress, they're attaching to your bra, they zip you back up. I'm like, you know, come on guys. But literally I'm hugging everyone when I leave. But there are people who are not like that and they don't come back. They don't get invited back. And be kind to everyone from the intern that you meet to, you just never know. That intern is going to be a producer someday. Guess what? If you were the only person who was kind to them, they're going to remember you. Yeah. And the security guard. And depending on where you are, the people in the parking lot. And when you, if you get on national television, there's hair and makeup, which is fabulous. Um, but I was, yeah, I was hugging the makeup girl. I've never had that done before. It was fantastic. It was like the experience of a lifetime. But if you go into it, like that, like a kid, you know, like you're going to Disney World for the first time and do that every time you go. And that comes across, and I, I refer to TV a lot because that's, you know, you're there and you're around people, but that comes across on TV too. And, and it comes across on the air and that's what TV stations look for is people who can have connection with their audience mm -hmm. and being kind comes across. You know, to your point, it's also important that energy you put out when you're pitching, whether you're, you know, for print or to go on a podcast or anything else, because you're cultivating relationships. And I don't know if this happened to you, but since I'm on the receiving end from the casting side or different things that I work on, some people write me perhaps nasty and unkind responses if I don't get back to them right away or if it's a pass. And like that's not a winning strategy. And you don't want to be writing to journalists and following up and saying unkind things. That is not, there are a million, you know, it's once again, be kind because everyone is, you know, fighting a hard struggle. So to your point, stuff goes into a folder. It's just not necessarily a no, it's a not now. People are busy, a million reasons, but there's never a good excuse or a reason to get hostile. No, and I'll, I'll tell you a great example of that and how it ended up being even better for me. I was slated to be on the Today Show with my product. Um, it was Kathy Lee and Hoda. Mm -hmm. It was all set. It, was, it wasn't me. They were putting my product on. It was a Friday. I watched and it didn't. I think there was an emergency, you know, like a news break. Breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. It happens. I stayed in touch with that producer. I was like, thank you so much for the opportunity. And she felt terrible too. Well, Long story short, I went to Virginia Tech. Hoda Kotb went to Virginia Tech. I do a lot of work with the students down there, women in business. And I emailed them. I'm like, how come we've never done anything with Hoda? And they're like, well, we can't get to her. I was like, hmm. I said, can I try? And they said, sure. So I reached out to that producer and said, you know, hey, I'm with Virginia Tech, women in business. We're doing this big event. We'd love to have Hoda. Well, Hoda was just launching a book and was going on a book tour. So she connected me to her publicist and we were one of the stops on the tour. And I went back to Virginia Tech and I was like, I want to interview her. I sent them all my materials and they said, we couldn't think of anybody better. So I didn't land on the Today Show, but I got to interview Hoda Kotb for an hour. And when she got the anchor job, there was no video of her online except for this interview that I did and Virginia Tech had posted it. So I'm being quoted in BuzzFeed and all these places online. Oh, when Hoda was interviewed by Christina Daves, uh, it was unbelievable because I talked about her rise to success from Virginia Tech to the Today Show and they took all of our nuggets out of there. So this is why you just always want to be nice to people because you never know what's going to happen. Ever. And that producer just retired a few months ago and is now on my team coaching my VIPs who come to my events on how you get on the morning shows. 
Okay, let's pause one sec. So first of all, because I just want to acknowledge, okay, amazing energy and creating opportunities. Yeah. So there you go. But now talk about your business, and what you're just alluding to. Oh, yeah. So um, one of the things we found is that people want to get stuff done that they just, you know, we go to conferences, we come back with notebooks. So what we did is we created Get PR Famous. We do it in Dallas, Texas, very centrally located. Um, my dear friend owns a PR firm there. He has tons of television studios. So we spend two days literally connecting with influencers. And yes, you can connect with influencers. We show you which ones are good for you. You know, not Kim Kardashian, that she's not going to connect, but but there are mid-level influencers. We do that. We create video scripts. We do social media posts that people will engage with. And we actually pitch the media while you're there. And then our VIPs, we take into the television studio and give them their ideal dream video that they can use on their website or social media that is really everything their client or customer needs to hear from them. Like we flush all that out before they get there. We guarantee the media exposure. And now they get coaching from the former executive producer of the Today Show. Phenomenal. That's yeah. great. And where can people find out more about that? Getprfamous.com. Yeah. Or you can go to just Christina Daves. I always say, if you can't find me online, I'm not doing my job. ChristinaDaves.com and it's all there. And when's the next time in Dallas? Uh, February. We do it every February and August. Fantastic. Speaking of seasonal, because that was another topic I glossed over, but I love that you write about the four seasons of publicity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important to know what, and if you can break your calendar out that way, it just makes it more digestible too. So if you, if you break out your pitches, again, timely, you know, you, you want to pitch every month so that when there is breaking news or trending news, you jump, they recognize you, you know, so it's, and it's okay to pitch two or three times a month. If, if they're relevant, don't feel like you're bothering them. And I just interviewed this producer for my digital product too. And she said that too. She's like, I don't care if it's good, send it to me. They need us more than we need them. These people work hard. And if you can build that relationship, you're much more likely to get the yes. But anyway, so four seasons of publicity, break your year apart. Uh, no, and I made this mistake too. At, let's say you have a product and you want to get in the holiday gift guides. Don't pitch in November because they're all done. You've got to pitch in June, which is crazy. June, they're closed by July. So you've got to know your calendar. And then, so you're pitching backward. You know, you're pitching four months out. But knowing what's happening in each season, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall, and building your pitches around that, depending on your business. Uh, like one of my clients owns an HVAC company in Texas. And it's like, that's what you've got to build about. What do you need to do in summer? What do you need to do in winter? So think about your business and how you can relate to holidays, seasonality, and even fun things that, that you could tie in. You know, like a great one for real estate agents is pools. So pre-COVID, they actually said pools were, might actually detract from the value of a property. Now you can't sell a house that doesn't have a pool, a patio, or this was like in the thick of COVID, but everybody needed an outdoor space because nobody was going to be cooped up inside ever again. We built a COVID pool. So we, <laughs> we brought on who did that, but, but understanding those things. So that's a good seasonal pitch coming up this summer. Where are we with that? Where are we with pools? Can you even get a pool built? There was like a two-year delay. So knowing, again, what's happening, hopefully COVID's over. We're not even talking about it by July. Uh, but I just suddenly thought about pools as a supply chain issue. There you go. 
And there's, there's another thing. I can't get a hole in the ground because there's a supply chain issue. Right. And you can't get anything because there's a supply chain issue. (laughs) But that, and that's a topic as well. If you're in that industry, uh, I have a a soon to be client who is a bra expert, like across the world, like preeminent sports bra expert. And, you know, she had bigger visions too, but with supply chain, she can't do it. So it's like, well, let's build your celebrity. And then when you can launch whatever it is you want to launch, people will know who you are and want to buy from you because you're the expert. Right. Well, that's a great point too, that interrelates to everything we're talking about. And again, in the media space I inhabit is about, you know, building trust by providing value. And you'd start doing that before you have a product. Right. And again, another mistake that I made, uh, but, but you learn. So now I can share that with clients, but you absolutely do. You want, everybody has an expertise. Everybody has a gift for the media. So important. Stay at home moms who stayed all that home, you know, for 18 years and then are coming back out and said, well, why would the media want to use me? Well, I'm like, well, what did you do during those 18 years? Oh, I ran the booster club. I ran the swim team. I did like, okay, so you were CEO basically. Like, you know, contracts, you know, the, and, and they're just, aha, you know, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's a confidence thing. You've got to go into it. Even if you have changed your career. And I've worked with a lot of people brand new in their careers who've gotten in the Washington post and like huge media outlets like that. I, I joke with my family all the time. It's all about the spin, but it really is. It's, it's how you tell people the story and you're not, not telling the truth. You're just giving it like the kids, the students that I work with on their resumes, you know, like, oh, I worked with this company. I built their social media. And I'm like, okay, well, how many followers? Well, they had zero. Now they have a hundred. I'm like, okay, so you grew it by a thousand percent. Let's put that down. Like that's a, if they ask you, you've got to say, I went from zero to a hundred, but they might not ask that. So how can you put yourself in your best light? And when you're pitching the media, you want to do that. Take what you're doing. You know, I have 20 years of experience in this you know, align it with what you're doing now so that it looks like you've been doing it the whole time. Okay. Final thing. You and I share an affinity for the same color. So talk to me why you always wear pink on camera when you make an appearance. Totally accidental. Actually, my neighbor created my logo for me and I love the pink and it was great. And my first headshot I ever took, I just happened to wear a pink shirt. So when I wrote my first book and they needed a picture of me, you know, you're broke at the beginning, guys. You can't go take new headshots, you know, professional ones. So I had one headshot that was like, oh, we'll put that on the book. It just kind of happened. And then I went to an event and somebody came up to me and they, and I was in black, it was a black tie event. And they said, oh my gosh, you're the PR lady, but you're not in pink. I didn't recognize you. I was like, hmm, I think people, they're starting to recognize me with the pink. So it really became, so when I speak and I go on TV, I tend to always wear pink because it pops and people recognize me that way. The PR lady in pink. Well, it's one of my core principles. It's in my manifesto that there's a shade of pink for everyone. I think it's, it complements every skin tone. Um, And then with that though, it's also remembered too, like if you're on a panel or any type of thing in a world where so many of us, and me included often, although right now I'm wearing orange, is so many people wear black, navy or neutrals. It really gives you an easy opportunity to stand out on a stage just by being the person wearing color. And men can do it even in a dark suit by choosing the tie. And women, depending on what the situation is, uh, even if you have, you know, should be wearing a black or a navy suit, you can with your shoes, scarves, 
accessories. It's just be the one where everyone's eye goes. I love that. And my, again, it was completely accidental, but, and when you get the TV appearance, I always tell my clients, you want that pop of color. You want solid blue, green, pink, you want to pop. Uh, and even one of the, um, the anchors on good morning, Washington, she's like, Christina, you always pop. Like you all, they always know when I'm coming in, I'm going to have on bright pink, but it, it works and you stand out. Makes, really it makes do. a difference. Christina, you are a gift. This is again, so generous. I encourage everyone to come find you on, it's Christina Daves, christinadaves.com. Follow you on LinkedIn, signed up for your LinkedIn newsletter, which is incredible. Comes out once a week, twice a week. I can't. Well, now I started twice a week because I've got such a big following so fast. So yeah, Mondays and then every Friday I do a PR tip anyway. I've done it for three years now. It's just a 90 second video that I put out every Friday, but I've added that to the newsletter. That's incredible. I collect them now. I save them oh. in my folder. <laughs> and uh, your two books, PR for Anyone and the DIY Guide to PR, incredible. Thank you so much. And Thank I can't you. wait to have you back. We'll have you back, you know, in the summer for Fail to Succeed, how everyone has to fail in order to succeed. I love it. Card carrying fan club member. And I want to thank the audience. So thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're looking for support and accountability on how to play the long game, know when you're ready to win, and how to hone your priorities, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com. I'd love to discuss it with you. And as always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.